For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Live. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I saw. We live. Are, are we live? We live. I think we're live. We're live on preseason. What is it? Week three right here on the Believe in Monsters podcast. Meltdown. The round, the round Room Network. I am one of your three ho- co-hosts, Joe Gaither, with my friend Chris Krogman and Lucas Berry. We bring you another episode of the Believe in Monsters podcast. Find my friend Chris Krogman at ShyBears1985. Find Lucas Berry at LBerry underscore 40. And I am at Joe Gaither 6. And we've got a lot to get into tonight as our Chicago Bears uh, got their ass kicked by one Mitchell Trubisky over the week. And uh, so I'm, 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 I'm pretty fired up. And I'm, we're, we're, gonna he- we're here to break down the Bills game, set the table for the Titans game, decipher what Matt Nagy is doing uh, with his personnel, and decide what it's going to mean for the future of this uh, 2021 season. So without further ado, before I lose my mind for saying the wrong thing or, you know, cursing out Matt Nagy and his coaching staff, Lucas Berry, how are you tonight? Dude, I just love that game on Saturday. I I think the Bears played great. I think they looked special. Special needs. Special needs. Is what it was. They they, uh, they they looked bad. They they definitely looked bad. I know you're more fired up about it than I am. Um, yeah, there's still time. You know, there's still a few weeks until the season. There's one more preseason game, and then there's a week off in between. And then we got the week one versus the Rams, where Andy Dalton is named the starter. Uh, I mean, we talked about this a little bit between our personal chat. Uh, I don't know. I just. They played bad, but I'm not going to judge this team until week one of the regular season. And if it st- continues playing that poorly, uh, then I will rain my judgment on them. Uh, but until that point, I'm reserving it. Chris, how you doing, buddy? How'd you handle that loss? Um, it's preseason. I'm not going to get overly worked up about it. But to Joe's point, you know, these things have carried over for the last few years where they just look slow out of the gate and, you know, Nagy, what, two, three years ago or whatever, didn't play anybody in preseason. And it looks, it was slow out of the gate, slow start to the season. And it's been continuous, you know, under this regime that we just come out kind of, kind of flat and kind of slow without a lot of pop, without a lot of passion. Uh, That's kind of what it looked like on Saturday as well. 
the whole Mitchell Trubisky thing, I mean, I'm just going to say it right now. The Bills did exactly what he excels at. You know, throw it short to your your playmakers and let them do the work. And it made his numbers look fantastic. But, I mean, so fucking what? I mean, the Bills kind of actually schemed for a preseason game, which is kind of pathetic. I don't know if Mitch went to them and said, hey, I really got to beat these Bears uh, and I need you to make me look really good. But that was like the most schemed fucking preseason game I've ever seen in my life. But the defensive backs and linebackers just looked kind of bad, lost in coverage. Yeah, not good. I mean, even the man coverage, you saw some nice pass breakups from Jalen Johnson. Uh, You saw Kendall Vildor hot on his man's hip. Um, but it did look like the defense was just kind of there. They didn't really look like they were fully engaged. Even guys like Khalil Mack and, and company weren't really giving it their all, which I guess I kind of understand in the preseason, but at the same time, uh, that's how guys get hurt. If you, uh, kind of half-ass it and you dog it, you don't typically, um, I don't know. You, you don't typically stay healthy your entire career. Um, I know Joe was having a, a hard time watching Mitch march up and down the field. And and honestly, he had some nice throws. You know, the, the touchdown throw, I think it was the second one to that tight end in the back of the end zone that beat uh, Vildor, I believe it was, was a nice play. I mean, I'll give it to the kid. And he's not completely untalented. He's just, you know, lost between the ears, in my opinion. But Regardless, it's a preseason game. It's practice. That's what it's there for. And 60% of the O-line starters were not there. I don't really care that much. All right, so I don't really, really care that that, that we lost, that Mitchell Trubisky looks good. I don't. Whatever. I agree with what you said, that the, that the Bills play it to his strings. Uh, that, that's, that is true. But I'm going to push back on your narrative about, oh, scheming the preseason games. And uh, and, and, and other, others have brought up, oh, it was the Bills Super Bowl. They're playing it like a playoff game. You know, where did, where did, where did the Bills end up last season? They won the division, correct? They, they won the not AFC the Super Bowl. East. They won the AFC East, did they not? They did. All right. And they made it to the AFC Championship game, lost by 14 to the Chiefs. This is what's trained into the Bills. They were like, and us, we fucking backed into the to the wild cards, you know, and and looked awful in, in that game with the with the Saints. It's just, in my opinion, uh, you know, a product of the cultures of the of the two of the, of the two of the two franchises. You look at the Bills. We're playing hard. We play smash mouth football. We run the ball. You know, run the ball, control the clock, kind of uh, play action pass, launch it deep. You know that sets up for Mitchell Trubisky well. I, I the defense, yes, it was out there looking and playing like they weren't. You know, I don't want to get hurt. Kind of catching, catching. You know, they're they're catching the ball carriers. They're catching blockers. They're not. They're, they're, they're not. There was no sense of aggression. There's no sense of uh, of urgency to get to the ball to finish off the plays. And yeah, sure. The Bills, you know, oh, we're scheming for the game, or we're playing a whole lot harder. But but you you play how you practice. It translates over. You can't just flip the switch and say, oh, you know, the regular season starts in a couple of weeks, so I'm going to flip my switch in two weeks. 
you you play how you practice. And in my opinion, this is a, an undisciplined, really unengaged football team that we're seeing. Now, yes, of course, you're looking at a lot of offensive linemen that are that are that are not there and and not playing. You're you're not playing with Allen Robinson. You're not playing. You know, Darnell Mooney barely played if if any this past week. Like. There's a lot of things that okay can be argued about personnel, but but I think when it comes to mindset and edge, that's something that's coached into you, and, and, and it's not something that you can just flip on and off. And oh, we're playing a preseason game; it doesn't matter. I just don't want to get hurt. I want to make it to the regular season. No, you train your mind, you train your body, you train everything, and, and, and then you get the results in the regular season based off your training. So I'm pretty disappointed with the Bears in their effort, not necessarily in. Oh, we let Mitchell Trubisky look good. Who cares? I don't care about that. But the fact of the effort, oh, you know, you're playing a game. Yes, it's preseason. Yes, it doesn't count. But it is a game. It is a chance to show what you've got. You're putting your skill set on tape. You know, we're about to talk about some guys that, that, that got cut or, the, the, you know, and, and there's going to be 30 more guys that get cut. You're putting your fucking skill sets on tape. So what, what are you putting on tape for yourself? And really – this past week, what was put on tape for pretty much the whole team was discussed. I do not disagree with the sentiment of you practice how you play or you play how you practice or whatever, because practice makes perfect or perfect practice makes perfect play. And, you know, I think you're right to that degree. Uh, One thing that I think Matt Nagy excels at is being kind of a player's coach and the players have kind of made a CBA that they don't really want to work, you know, that like they don't want padded practices in the office or in the, in training camp and they don't want to hit, you know, three days a week or whatever it is. And in my opinion, that's why we're seeing a lot of injuries in the NFL over the last, you know, since the new CBA was signed. So I think Nagy kind of goes along with that same mentality, but, it's probably not the right mentality. I mean, it's a good point, Joe, that these guys need that kind of work ethic. And if it's not instilled in their character, if that has to be coached into them, then maybe they need a new profession. But if you do have a leader that kind of allows that lackadaisical, uh, you know, laid back style during the preseason, it's going to take a few games to ramp up to where you should be. And that's where you see the Bears come out flat. Like I said, it does translate over. You're not wrong there. Uh, And it did show up on Saturday. So uh, the guys that did want to show up and did put good shit on tape, um, you know, maybe they make this team. And there's some guys that I saw um, that probably won't make the team, but they they put on some good tape. Like number 92 with uh, Johnson, I think he's a linebacker, like probably fourth string or fifth string or whatever. But that dude showed up a couple times on tape. Uh, Marquis Christian, I think, showed up a lot. Um, I think you could end up being your nickel corner. Uh, some guys put on some bad tape. You know, Xavier Crawford, who apparently looked pretty good early in camp, kind of looked like ass, in my opinion. But overall sentiment, yeah, I completely agree with how you practice is how you play. Lucas, what do you think about that, buddy? No, yeah, and you know, in all seriousness, you know, I, I, I totally agree with Joe, and I, I see where you're coming from. Um, you know, just it's, it's kind of like, you know, you, it's just despicable. You know how bad they looked, how sloppy they looked. 
penalties at inopportune times, just very poorly executed football. Like, like you said, it comes down to coaching. Um, but just my whole take on this is that at the end of the day, you know, as bad as they looked, the Bears are 0-0 zero and zero today, and, you know, they still have three weeks or two weeks to prepare for the Rams. So, you know, if really that's when my judgment for the team starts. Like, I understand where you're coming from, Joe, but, like, I'm not going to say, hey, fire Nagy because the team looked like shit in week two of a preseason game. I totally get what you're saying, though. It's just, like, these are persistent problems we've seen over the years with Matt Nagy's coach football team, specifically last year. You know, just very poor execution, um, just terrible penalties at inopportune times. It's it's definitely repetitive, and I can't say I'm shocked, and I can't say that I think it'll stop. But I'm going to reserve my judgment and give him and this team one last chance in week one. That's basically all where I'm coming from is just their chance is the season. So as mad as we are now, they do have time to clean it up, although minimal. We'll see what happens, you know. The real test starts when the season starts. So, but this is, I'm certain, I'm starting to believe that Matt Nagy is on the hot seat and he could definitely be fired after this season. I mean, people think Justin Fields bought him time, but if he completely botches his QB thing and the Bears are just abysmal on offense again, yeah, he, he might be on his way out. So, his job isn't whether the Bears make or miss the playoffs, in my opinion. It's it's whether that offense actually performs at a just even a league average level. I mean, we've talked about this, you know, kind of offline this week is the style of coach that Matt Nagy needs to be is more of your, you know, president, CEO type coach that is less hands on. Mike Tomlin, you know, uh, even like Bill Bill Belichick to a degree. Um, these guys, you know, they have their philosophy, and that's the unfortunate thing with the kind of that line that lines up with what we're talking about is if Matt Nagy is that president CEO, and we're seeing this kind of you know attitude of lackadaisical play and practice, then that's going to trickle down regardless of who your OC and DC are. But if we can get kind of get over that bullshit of, you know, half-assing it, then, you know, he could be a good coach. Players love him. I think guys want to run through a brick wall for him. I think he does a lot of really just cool things for his players. You know, we've talked about this a little bit earlier uh, on the podcast with, you know, bringing Danny Trevathan's grandma out to practice, uh, bringing the entire team in for Robert Quinn's sister's, gold medal run along with you know alec ogletree who just happened to be in town and then ends up signing a deal and now he's a he's a part of the team uh these are all things that like i want to play for the guy i mean i think he you know in that in those regards or is he's a really good coach and i think he's a good play designer uh dudes were running wide freaking open for you know the last two three years uh quarterbacks couldn't consistently hit him i think mm-hmm. if we have the kind of quarterback play that we think we're going to have this year i think those plays look a lot different however it's the you know the play calling the stacking of those plays and the not abandoning the run game that is what is going to trip Nagy up now if you look at the tree that he comes from andy reed had these same kind of problems early in his career Matt Matt Nagy's a fairly young coach in the grand scheme of things and could easily build upon this 
But in today's NFL, they don't get time to do that shit. It's like get in, get out, you know, and don't suck. Now, if you want to talk about Tomlin, he's had some eight and eight years. He's had some seven and nine years. And the Steelers, they don't boot coaches. They've had like three coaches in 50 years or some shit. So, you know, Bill Cowher had some down years, but he had some amazing years as well. Is Matt Nagy able to get out of his stomach ass donkey way? I don't know. We'll see. Will Matt or will uh, Ryan Pace give him the chance to do so? I don't know, but that's how I see Matt Nagy, you know, succeeding in this in today's NFL is is being that more CEO, but get out of the lackadaisical bullshit. So while we're on this topic, I mean, I think this is a really good transition. I mean, so today it came out that you know Matt Nagy reiterated that Andy Dalton is his Week One starter and he won't play Week Three in the preseason because he is the starter. So Justin Fields is starting Week Three versus the Titans. Um, as the starting QB, he might not have many starters with him. Hopefully the line's out there. I mean, it makes sense. Those guys need some reps. But, I mean, what do you guys make out of this whole QB situation? And, you know, I, I think people are kind of like in this, you know, I hate Matt Nagy, end of the world mentality. Um, if Justin Fields doesn't start week one, you know, it's going to be catastrophic for his development. And just I'm hearing some crazy things. And to me, I'm just like, let's take it back a step, you know, Let's recompose ourselves. It's okay. This is what we all expected. I don't know why we're surprised. You know, we all knew Justin Fields was a damn good football player, and we all knew he would look better than Andy Dalton in camp. There's no shock there. But this was the plan all along. I mean, I would think from where Matt Nagy came from at the beginning of this, where it was we want the Patrick Mahomes model, to recently it's we need to see Andy Dalton in the game, which I think is fair. We need to see him in a game situation to fully evaluate where he's at. In my opinion, I'm interpreting this as Justin Fields has progressed way faster than we thought. But we brought Andy Dalton in here to be a starter. You know, as a 10-year vet in the NFL, whether it is a pinky promise or not, I mean, being a man of your word, in my opinion, is a huge part in being a good leader and a good coach. And it's only fair to Andy that he gets the shot to start versus the Rams. I mean, the dude's been, I, I don't care what people on Twitter think. The Bears probably less than a 5% chance of winning the damn Super Bowl this year, whatever. Matt Nagy owes it to Andy Dalton to let him start week one. I mean, don't you think it's people are being a little bit outlandish about this, Joe? I, I'm going to kick it over to you. I think people are being a little bit nuts about this. Andy, in my opinion, deserves this chance. Well, yeah, I want to uh, kind of just uh, clarify for our listeners here. I'm not calling for Ryan, uh, for for Matt Nagy's job. My frustrations are not are not. I, saying I wasn't fire. speaking about you. I wasn't sure. speaking Pre- about you. preseason week two, but it's just we've seen just just symptoms symptoms creeping through that that that, that need to get eradicated. And and I, and I do think Matt Nagy schemes great, great, you know, great offenses. But moving to to your point, Luke, and, and talking about quarterbacks, yes, I think there is absolutely something to be said uh, for keeping your word and maintaining your status as uh, as a leader and as a player's coach and as a trustworthy, you know, a trustworthy leader of oh, I've. I brought you in to be the week one starter. I brought you in to, to start, uh, be, be our starter and see what the development of, of Justin Fields is. And I've kind of been in the camp of let's play the Patrick Mahomes model and let, unless Andy Dalton is completely incompetent, uh, becomes a Mike Glennon per se. 
and and while let's be honest, the first two games in preseason have not inspired my confidence in, in Andy Dalton. You have to also play in all the nuances, all the, the the offensive lines that he hasn't dealt with, the David Montgomery that he hasn't dealt with, the Allen Robinson that he hasn't played with, the Jimmy Graham that he's barely played. You know, a bunch of these, you know, pieces and parts have been moving in and in and out. And so it's very tough to get an evaluation of, of what he can actually do with this offense. Now, 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 do I worry about him getting into into, into my Glennon territory? I do, uh, but 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 I'm not I'm not going to sit here and say that, that that he'll be there. And even if he is into Mike Glennon territory, we remember it was five, six weeks, seven weeks. It, it, it was a handful of weeks before before that, that, my, that Mike Glennon yucked it up play, play, play and, uh starting quarterback before we turned to Mitchell Trubisky uh, in, in that in that Vikings game. So. I, I think you do owe it to the guy you're paying what for uh, double digits, fourteen million, I think is what it is, uh, ten million dollars to 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 to, to my uh, to, to to Andy Dalton. So you know you 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 give him a shot, see what happens week one. You let him see with the full complement uh, of players, and, and kind of see what happens. Yeah, Joe, I completely agree, and Lucas, I agree as well. You know. Um, he almost made that pinky promise before Justin Fields even got drafted. I mean, I don't know if they even had a an inkling of a thought that Justin Fields would fall in their lap, you know, and, and trading up to get him. Um, you know, kudos to Pace, kudos to everybody in that organization for allowing it to happen and, and you know, giving the trust to Pace, who I know a lot of people are not fans of. Um but Bears fans in general are fairly pessimistic for good reason. I mean, we've had, you know, 30, 40 years of just no six, not no success, but not nearly the success of some of our divisional rivals. Uh, but, you know, back to the quarterbacks, uh, given Andy Dalton, that that shot is uh, is showing what the kind of your word is your bond in the NFL, you know, and if these guys in the locker room are seeing him easily flip flop and being like, okay, I know I said this, but that's all bullshit. I'm really giving it to fields. Then uh, that's not a good optics. Um, of course, fans aren't going to like the optics and not starting who, who, who clearly looks like the better quarterback right now anyway. But again, you have to look at, you know, what Joe was saying with all the nuances of who he's playing with. And I'm sorry, but Mike Glennon ain't hitting that bomb to Rodney Adams in in, <laughs> in, in week in, you know, the third or fourth drive or whatever. And that was a beautiful throw. Um and Andy Dalton That's can get it thing. done. People say whatever mm-hmm. to criticize the dude. Like people are saying like, oh, the defender should turn around and took that for a pick six. I'm like, that was a good throw. Come on. Stop with this nonsense. I mean, you know, most quarterbacks are making that throw. The defender's back is to you. You're letting the ball go. Right. And you should make that throw. The, the, you know, not having your offensive line, not having your full complements of weapons. These are big deals. Uh, the things that are kind of, that are really interesting to me and Luke, you've brought this up is the, just the gap between that last preseason game and the first game of the regular season. We don't know what's going to happen in those two weeks. Um, you know, Jason Peters is finally, you know, getting up to speed, uh, getting on the field. People were, you know, making comments about how Larry Borum is splitting time with him on the first drive or on the uh, with first team reps, I mean. But it's getting Peters 
in game shape. The guy's 39 years old. I mean, he needs a little bit of work before you can just be like, all right, you're, you're the dude and working Borum in as you know, the backup or the swing tackle. I love it. But if anybody thinks that he's legitimately competing for that starting left tackle job, I'm, I'm sorry. I just don't see it. It's, it's no, Peter's you, jobs. You, you know what, Chris, I mean, a big thing about that is back to what Joe just said. There wasn't many guys who went out there and competed on Saturday. Larry Borum was one of them, man. That guy looked on that offensive line. He was playing with like the third, fourth stringers. Like those dudes were totally disengaged. And Larry Borum was washing dudes out. Like he made some nice blocks. So like, no, and I'm not discrediting Borum at all, at all. Oh no, no, no. I'm I'm just saying back, back to Joe's point. I mean, you can earn reps by just fucking showing out in the preseason. Like this is your tape. Like that's that's just like a, you know, we all know he's not competing with Peters, but that's just like tip your cap. Like you busted your ass. You'll get reps with the ones. Who drafted Larry Borum again? Who was that guy? Ryan Pace. Ryan Pace. Oh, yeah, yeah, that terrible GM. Anyway. Are, are we I, both Pace stands, you and I, Chris? I I, I like the man. I mean, his uh, hair, I his hair like just gives me so much of an eggplant that I can't stand it. <laughs> he knows, baby. But, but I, think he does, I think he's largely done a good – I mean, think about how awful – the roster was that he took over. Oh my God. I it it was one of the worst rosters in the world. You look back at that defense and <laughs> the Mel Tucker led defense, and you're like, how did how did they become, you know, one of the best defenses in football inside? He got of rid of a almost a couple. Everybody. Yeah. Oh, he turned the roster over, I think, except for five dudes in two <laughs> years. That's that's incredible. That's insane. Did he miss with Mitch? Yes. Did he miss with Kevin White? But yes, but that's a little odd, you know. Uh, but we've also seen like the Bears miss by one pick a couple times, you know. They they could have had Leonard Williams in that same draft, who that's the guy I wanted instead of Kevin White, missed on him. They missed on Aaron Donald by one pick, what, two years earlier. They missed by one pick a couple of times over and over. Pace saw that as well, and he got aggressive and went up and got his people. So, yeah, I, I Pace has had some misses. Adam Shaheen's a total fucking joke that was a terrible pick um but what i like about pace and what to luke's point earlier that Nagy could actually be you know on the hot seat if he doesn't get his shit together is that pace will recognize his recognize his failures and move on quickly it's not like he re-signed mitch to that fifth year option or you know gave him some bullshit extension uh so yeah i do like ryan pace and uh back to larry borm i think he did earn some reps he you know, and back to, you know, kind of Matt Nagy and his personnel usage, which I've talked about before, and that being one of the biggest problems and injuries kind of leading us to seeing guys being able to show out. All these guys being injured on the O-line gave Larry Borum that opportunity to show out, and he's he's doing it. So I'm excited. Yeah, dude. And I mean, left tackle, like he was – he played – I don't even think he played left tackle at all in college. Like this was brand new for him. So him to go out there and play, I'm going to say as well as he did. I mean, he played okay. It was pretty good for, you know, an NFL game um, is, is a huge step. he never played left tackle before. And I think, I don't know if I've said this to you guys before, but Larry Borm, I mean, with the Tevin Jenkins news, Ryan Pace may have saved his ass by drafting Larry Borm if Larry Borm turns into a starting lineman. And and I think he can. I mean, I think he's eventually going to be a Fetty's replacement. You know, hopefully your two bookend tackles are Borm on the right side and Jenkins on the left side of the future. So 
Um, you know, if if that's the you know if that's what Ryan Pace came out with this draft, I mean, the future is bright. But I mean, let's just uh, you know, I mean, do you guys have any more you know comments or anything about this game or, um, you know, we just. It, it's to me. It's it's hard to make comments about the game because of the effort level. It's hard to make a, a, a real evaluation because of the lack of attention to detail. You know, anytime you get drummed, what was it, forty-one to fourteen or forty-six to four, fifteen, whatever the case may be, like it's it, 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 it's it's hard for me to make evaluations because as a whole, you know. Sure, you're going to have your bright spots, like you got to mention Larry Borum, and I, and I agree with you that, that he did play tough. And, and I think Justin Fields was was a bright spot also. But oh, it's hard another to... another guy. Sorry to interrupt. Another no. guy, you know, that played pretty well is Khalil Herbert, in my opinion. And yep. again, this week he was getting reps with the ones. He actually was out there with the first string offense this week in practice the first few days. So Khalil Herbert, another dude, showed out. You know, had a pretty good game. And he's out there getting reps. So obviously, Matt Nagy has rewarded guys who have played well in that preseason game. And uh, Joe, to your point, Justin Fields, I mean, the stat line wasn't great. I think he looked fine. He had a few overthrows, maybe two or three bad balls. Uh, his most egregious mistake, in my opinion, was, you know, not seeing the blitz coming. And, you know, he got a welcome, welcome to the NFL rookie type of hit. You know, I don't think there was any ill intention behind that. I think the guy just was making a play and, Fields helmet popped off and it happens. Fields okay, pop right back up. And uh, what's what's big for me is something we ob- again. I don't like beating the dead horse of Mitch, but he's obviously the low hanging fruit to compare to. I feel like Mitch did not adjust to things, whereas Fields, you see it immediately. Like the Bills ran that blitz a few plays later, same exact play, and he went right to his hot read. Like he didn't get crushed again. So you see the learning is there immediately. Um, the guy understands the game. He's so athletic. He's just so hard to defend. You can't say it enough. Just <sighs> Matt Nagy has to make sure to protect him this Saturday with that number one and even some of the two offensive line. But don't put him out there with third and fourth string guys, Nagy. You can't do that to Justin Fields. It's not fair. Yeah, Chris Redman and uh, and uh, guys that we saw get cut already can't be protecting or whatever his name is. Yeah. Your Iceland, you can't have these guys protecting your asset. Like, honestly, like I know we've talked positively about Alex Bars, but that dude got his ass handed to him on Saturday a lot. So, um, I would like to see Justin out there with some some pro number ones. Um, you know, just some other notes. Like I said, Jalen Johnson popped a couple times. Uh, the first team defense was all out there except for the middle linebackers, and they were not super impressive. Um, like so I mentioned, exposed out there the, it's a the lot. Linebackers. Oh, um, Marky Christian looked great. Um, in his, you know, not great. I mean, he he popped a couple times. James Vaughters had a nice play. Uh, another guy on defense that I thought played really well was Kyrie's Tonga. Um, filling in for Eddie Goldman, he made a lot of pushes up the middle. Uh, there were some goal line uh plays that he made. Um, that uh. We're, we're solid. I mean, if you had the rest of that defense in there for, you know, backing up Kyrie's Tonga, I think he, you know, is kind of a catalyst similar to Goldman and can fill that role. Um, Jeremiah Tachu had an offsides. There were a lot of other 
stupid penalties in this game. That kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier with the, you know, kind of discipline or lack thereof in the Nagy regime. Uh, We talked about this last week as far as the returners go. We saw Khalil Herbert as the main kick returner on, you know, all what, seven kickoffs we had to to return. Uh, Daz Newsom was the punt returner. He only got a couple chances but did have a nice return on one of them uh darren williams or but what's his name williams fumbled that was unfortunate um damien damien williams darren williams that's a dude it's not like i'm making people up uh xavier crawford looked like dog shit again um he's probably gonna get cut next down to in the 53 uh do 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 oh let's talk about these other wide receivers a little bit um so John V. Johnson looked pretty solid. Uh, the guy I'd like to talk about is Riley Ridley. I actually thought, you know, he had NFL pedigree and would be a talented player, but he has just not been the guy in what, four years now. And every time I watch him play, I'm reminded of what I don't like about him. And you, you know, you hear guys talk about this on the broadcast a lot uh, when a receiver is doing a, you know, a route where they need to come back to the ball. They hardly, you know, they don't come back hard enough and you never see Riley Ridley come back to the ball hard enough on like a dig route or like a comeback route. He doesn't really fight for the ball. He's not aggressive Uh, on the ball that feels through him that kind of dumped over his shoulder. He looked like a, he looked like a bitch. He didn't look like he wanted to fight for the ball. Allen Robinson gets up and gets that ball and fights for it. Uh, so I think Ridley Ridley has no business on this football team. Uh, Javon Wims didn't play because of a groin or an oblique or a ball sack or whatever the fuck's his problem, but <laughs> he'll probably be the other odd man out. Uh, Rodney Adams looks like looks like he might grab that six spot. No, I'm Lucas. with you. I mean, I, I think if if Daz Newsom is healthy, him and Rodney Adams should take the spots that have previously been occupied by Wims and Ridley. It's just time to give some new guys a shot. I mean, talked about it before. I think Wims kind of maximizes his potential here in Chicago. And, you know, he had some really nice – he flashed a little bit, you know, in that 2018 playoff run, you know, in the Bears' loss to the Eagles uh, that season. He had some – Good, you know, he had some big plays, especially in that last week versus the Vikings. But just ever since then, I feel like it hasn't been great for him. Um, the one guy I want to talk about that really stood out to me has been one of my sleepers on this team, Charles Snowden, uh, outside linebacker. I mean, he had a few really good rushes again this week, tackle for a loss. That's the guy whose effort was there. That. Yeah, 49 Dude, I, mean, I, I told you about this guy, you know, a few weeks ago. I don't – you guys didn't know too much about him, but if it wasn't for an injury, he probably would have been between a third and fifth round pick from Virginia. Um, so he is, uh, he's got a lot of NFL potential. He looks healthy. He looks good. He's kind of like we said before in that Leonard Floyd, Floyd type body type, but uh, I, he should definitely make the roster for this team. And I think he can make an impact for the bears down the road. So it's just another guy that popped on film to me. Um, I mean, let's talk about this cornerback room, though. Uh, you know, we talked about Jalen Johnson. He looked all right. The Bears' other cornerbacks didn't look good. I mean, Thomas Graham looked good. I, I think Thomas Graham should be getting some reps at nickel. 
um, out there at the ones. But, I mean, I don't know the last time. I It sounds like Trufant has just – I haven't heard of him since camp started. I think he's been out the whole time. Just nothing. His, There's been nothing his, on him. His dad died. Is that what it is? Yeah, he's been out with uh, – that's the – I think it's his dad uh, is – is the uh the news i heard i think today but i mean true font you can't is he hurt I mean, too though i think i heard he had an injury before that i think yeah that's probably accurate i want to say something leg related hamstring quad or something like that so, um, regardless i mean the bears don't have really a second cornerback outside of jalen johnson i mean vildor we had high hopes for hasn't shown anything duke shelley is just he's garbage i mean i, I don't know this cornerback room scares me i mean today the seahawks released Pierre Desir, um, and that's a guy I, I really liked. You know, he had a few interceptions last year, a handful of pass breakups. Uh, that's that's a guy I think the Bears should try and bring in. But, I mean, what do you guys make of this? I mean, the Bears secondary is not in great shape. It's concerning. It's concerning, especially when you look at advanced analytics over the last five years that have shown that, that if you have to choose between a pass rush and a pass defense. The 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 better the better option is to take the pass defense. Uh, and while I love our Khalil Mack, uh, Team Hicks kind of front, you know, defensive front putting pressure ugh, makes me very concerned to have the back end be leaky. Uh, I I like Jalen Johnson. Uh, I was nervous when we signed Desmond Trufant originally, just because he does have kind of an injury uh, history. Uh, yeah, I'm with you, Luke. I'm concerned, but like at this point, there's not really options that you can go out and you know fill a hole. So I want to jump back for just a second to Snow- Snowden making the roster. Fail. I think it's possible, but like thinking about the numbers off the top of my head. We're running out of runway. I mean, is he going to be the fifth outside linebacker? Is that what we're saying? Because you've got Mack and Quinn. you got Atachu and uh, Gibson. And then you got Snowden, I guess. I mean, I'm not Did saying it's not it possible. I, I mean that's 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 your that's probably your and your I like James Waters. If you're if you're doing five, that's probably where it comes down to is Snowden versus Waters. Not that we got to get into that. That's a that's just a topic. I you know or just a just the quickest think thought process I had was how's he going to make the roster? There's a there's four dudes that are kind of ahead of him, and Gibson had a nice game as well. He had the, I think one of the highest PFF grades. Luke, I think you put that out somewhere. Uh, yep. for the for the defense so uh he had a good game uh as well which is good for travis gibson showing up the bear the bears aren't giving up on him i mean they traded up in the fourth round for him they they definitely think no. he has potential i definitely. mean it, it's uh it really might come down to you know if if either snowden or Valders bring special teams value which i honestly don't know you know maybe if they, they are on any of those more. but the <laughs> Maybe they can stash him on the practice squad, but, uh, you know, guys like that get poached. You never know. So we'll see. Um, you know, I, obviously with the recent news, the Jets, you know, lost Carl Lawson for the year. <laughs> Please take Robert Quinn off our hands. We'll, uh, <laughs> well, hey, we can package Nick Foles and Robert Quinn together and just hear Jets take all of our trash and we'll take 
like literally anything you'll give us like a, a seventh rounder to be named later i mean honestly in all seriousness though i mean robert quinn could be really big for the Bears' success this year i mean if that guy even just plays halfway decent the bears defense will be pretty i mean that's the thing the bears the bears haven't really had someone opposite cleo mack i mean Akeem Hicks, the interior rusher, but the Bears have never had really someone outside of Cleo Mack. He was a real threat to rush the passer. I mean, Leonard Floyd wasn't much of a threat here. So we'll see. Which is odd. Uh, So, yeah, no, I completely agree. Unfortunately, it sounded like Jason Peters on day one of practice was shutting down Robert Quinn pretty pretty handily and pretty quickly, uh, and dude's thirty nine years old. I understand he's a Hall of Famer, and it's dude, only you remember two when he reps. shut down Khalil Mack, dude? He he's he, a beast. He's an absolute he, beast, dude. He kicked Mack's ass when the Bears played the Eagles three years ago. Like he completely shut him out of the game. Yeah, it's that's it's. I mean, I'm not I'm not upset that Jason Peters is on this team at all. Believe me, I mean that po- that picture you posted in the uh, on the Twitterverse, Luke. Of you know, how can you look across the line and and see this man and think you're going to be okay? Is exactly how I would feel if I was a defensive lineman. Uh, Jason Peters line, is awesome. Let's hey, let's you know talk what, about these corners. Well, real quick, you know it's crazy. James Daniels is only 23 years old. How fucking wild is that? Uh, how his, wild his is it that he hasn't had a snap yet? Let's go. Let's get this dude in contract. Oh, come on. I, in my opinion, I, I think he's the Bears' best lineman. Hot take, but maybe not I, even that hot. It's not, he's the Bears it's not best that hot. Uh, it's he's not really that hot. Team. Well, so obviously, career-wise, it's Peters. You know, obviously, today in today's in today's lineup, pre-Peters. Pre Peters, that sounds funny. Uh, I think it's probably Cody, but I think James Daniels has by far the highest ceiling of the of the young originally drafted Bears. So jumping back to these cornerbacks because we're kind of all over the place. I, you know, I I was joking around mostly about Artie Burns uh, in in chat today, but he is getting reps with the ones, so I don't want to dismiss that. Uh, we did see you know, this style of defense uh, make Prince of Mukamura look good a couple of years ago. And he was kind of in the same boat that Burns is now. Like he kind of looked like hot trash when he played for the Giants at the end of his tenure there. So I, I'm not saying I have high hopes for Artie Burns or anything like that, but I'm, I am saying that I think that this defense can hold up with, you know, Jalen Johnson being a pro bowler if he's, you know, everything we think he can be and a, decent second corner where you know my concern is is they seem to be rolling duke shelley out there who couldn't tackle my fucking grandmother and was trying to bounce dudes like he thought he was uh you know a middle linebacker and he's they're just bouncing off of him because he's 5'8 150 or whatever the heck he is so that guy needs to learn how to tackle i wish kyle fuller would have taught him how to tackle before he left uh, but you know, Thomas Graham, I think is a good potential there. I've said it a couple of times that Marquis Christian, I think gets that nickel back spot, uh, out the gate, or at least I think he should, he's played the best as far as guys getting those snaps inside. Um, and then kind of down the line from there, it's, it's, 
you know, it's Artie Burns, it's Trey Robertson, who is most likely going to get cut or practice squad again, if he even has that eligibility. We already saw uh, Michael Joseph get cut, so that guy's not going to show up, even though I, I, we, you know, we'd heard good things about him coming out of college a few years ago. As far as Desir goes or, or another signing, like why would Seattle let that guy go? It's not like Seattle's secondary is, you know, the legion of boom it used to be. So that's a little concerning for me. Uh, almost they have, similar. They have a young guy behind him. They have a young guy behind him, they said. Well, who's their other one? I mean, they had, there's two cornerback spots. I literally don't know the Seattle Seahawks roster very well. So You're talking forg- it. forgive me. Um you know, it's kind of reminds me of last year with uh, God. What was old boy's name that signed with the Colts later? And I think he's with the Redskins now. Anyway, a lot of people were Breland, Breland, uh, Brashad Breland. A lot of people wanted to sign him, and nobody else was doing it either. So it makes me feel like you know, like maybe Desir gets picked up quick, and maybe I'm dead wrong, but I just don't understand why you would cut a guy like that unless, you know, Seattle is saying, okay, we want to play this young guy and we want to do you a solid and give you an opportunity to pick on with, pick up with somebody else, you know, quickly. So you have three weeks with another team before the season starts, then that's fine. Like, you know, let's pick them up uh, more cornerbacks, the better kind of like Joe said, we need as many uh, pass defenders as possible so that that uh, front four can get home. Well, let's move ahead a little bit as we are, you know, about three quarters of the way through this podcast. And uh, we've got one last week of preseason football before we are all eyes on Sunday Night Football with with, with the Rams. Uh, this week, the Bears are taking on the Tennessee Titans in Nashville. Matt Nagy announced today that Justin Fields would be getting the start. Andy Dalton would not be uh, receiving any reps in this game. Um I just, uh, for the sake of discussion, and am debating driving up to Nashville for the week, uh, for the week, uh, for for the game, just to kind of hang out and see what our our Bears look like in person. But I will be honest, the effort, not the, not really the execution, but the level of effort from the past week makes me not want to do make that drive. So maybe my co-host can uh, can can change my mind and let me know what I might be seeing if I do end up uh, in Nashville in the Music City this weekend. The bottom of a lot of Miller lights is what you'll be seeing. That's the truth. <laughs> That's the truth. You could also drink those at home. You could drink more at home because you have more money to spend on Miller Light. As opposed hey, to the we, I want a correspondent at the game, though. I guess we could send Raymer. He is in Nashville. He is right there. <laughs> and he is, a, he is a Titans fan. Oh, we don't want a Titans fan opinion. Well... Well, what do you want to do? I mean, you, you know, what? who is going to speak more truth or, or or negative opinions, which we all kind of seem to have against our team right now? No, I think what you'll see, Joe, is, you know, the real offensive line that's going to get rolled out in week one will at least see, you know, three series. So hopefully we see some more, uh, you know, live action with the ones that mean something. Uh, where is David Montgomery? I mean, is he, why did he not play in the last game and will he play any snaps with the ones that, I mean, it doesn't sound like, you know, anybody, but the offensive line is going to get rolled out there. Um, Cole Komet, I know he's still dealing with a hamstring injury. 
Jimmy Graham got reps. Jesse James seems to be the only healthy uh, tight end. Honestly, Jesper Horstead looked like horse shit, if you ask me, on Saturday. Uh, Scooter Harrington, I guess, is a blocking fullback tight end type person who I think he'll get cut in the next round uh but none of those guys are you know making any impressions uh so fields is once again going to be playing with a bunch of second string uh uh positions or skill position players uh but i would make that drive just to see justin fields live and in person don't do it joe save your money for halloween when you come visit soldier field nah to see him in person the real thing with the real line and the real weapons that's the thing. It's like, if you're going to throw them out there, okay, I get that. You, you're throwing them out there with the ones, but what are you really accomplishing? What, no Allen Robinson, probably no David Montgomery. What are you really accomplishing with Justin Fields? Just playing, reps. Playing reps against a live NFL defense. I mean, it's yeah. just more reps, more practice. I mean, it doesn't matter that it's whether it's against your team or another team. The guy needs practice. He needs reps. I mean, plain and simple. In this offense, he has to learn you know, where he's supposed to go and what his reads are. That's why you do it. He's supposed to go right down the field into the end zone. That's where he's supposed to go. (laughs) You can tell you've been on a high school football show recently, Joe. (laughs) No, I just listened to the high school football show. Listen to the the local broadcaster broadcast about their team. Uh, A pass interference call. You can't call pass interference on fourth down with five seconds left in the game. Maybe your cornerback shouldn't shove the receiver. I'm sorry, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, just bringing ultimate truth here. That's not allowed. Um, no, but Joe, I, in all seriousness, I think you are going to see a better Bears team this week. I think they're going to be – I, if I'm being honest with you, I bet they got a kick in the ass this week. There's no doubt. They played like trash, and if I was a football coach, there is – those guys would get punished at practice this week. There's like no fucking way they're not getting killed. So grown I think men. And you can't like, oh, get on the line, run some gassers. Like I, I just think you're that ain't see. true. I did you hear about see. what Joe Judge did to the Giants? Yeah, and he's a clown. He he's a clown. I'm just saying though, like he, he ran hometown. those he ran those dudes into the and ground. I judge at Alabama for a little bit, and 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 he like that's per that's right up his alley. He is hard ass. That that is right up his alley. But but that's not the way these players are going to respond. Uh, you know, may, maybe for a moment they will, uh, but it, over some time they'll be like. It, well, does, it doesn't always have to be punishment, though. I just think I think that whatever it is, however naggy you know, talks to these guys, I think you're going to see a more focused team this week, backups or not. I think the team is just going to look more crisp. I, I definitely just I have the feeling there's no way you can go out there and look like that for two two games. There's uh, there's no way. I don't know. I, I agree. Like, in the, in the grand scheme of things, Joe, I wouldn't spend the money to do it because it's a preseason game. I mean, if it was a regular don't season do. game, absolutely, yeah. But, no, nah, I mean, the, it, it driving – driving – uh, well, that's cool. I mean, it's the three hours that, you know, you got to drive or three hours and 40 minutes or whatever. And then if you're coming back in the same day, that's seven hours on the road or you're staying overnight. That adds another 100, 150 to your to your tab. Plus, you know, all the libations and uh, 
hot dogs and whatever else you're you're eating or no whatever. Hot dogs. hot dogs take 35 minutes yeah, off your life. 35 minutes off your fucking life, dude. Joey Chestnut's gonna die tomorrow. It's just a fucking snack at a game, guys. I'm just making an example. Fucking eat a pizza. Shit. Or you know, get like a a hot uh, a burger you know dipped in hundred year old grease that they serve up in Nashville because that shit's delicious. Duffs, I think it's called. Delicious. See, that's that's the name of the beer from The Simpsons. It doesn't. No, it's a, it's a real place. It might be it might be Memphis though. I could be getting hundred year old grease, dude. Dude, look it up, bro. Look it up. Why they would I, they why would I want that, dude. Yeah, because it's incredible. It's the oh my god! It's the yeah. best burger I've ever had in my whole life. It's Clog so good. My arteries right now. So good. Clog my arteries, please do. It's so good. Go check them out. Memphis, Tennessee, I believe. Uh, Duff's Eatery, hundred year old grease, bro. They take this stuff to like hamburger competitions around the United States, and they ship it in like armored cars. They take this shit so fucking seriously. It's hilarious, but it's well, it's really it's, it it's really good. It's really good. Uh, back to this game. I, I hope you do see something different. Uh, the one thing I did hear from, you know, Nagy kind of getting fired up in this preseason or the, the training camp is, is the offense had a bad day and he was dropping F-bombs and expletives left and right, you know, and basically was just saying it is, it's unacceptable. So I know that Nagy does give a shit. He, you know, will hopefully get his troops in line, but I probably wouldn't make that trip if I were you, Joe. But if you do, we want good reports and lots of Miller Lights drank. Joe, right, don't, so don't make the, the trip, dude. You just got to make me a promise that you're coming on Halloween. You just you got to you got to give me the you got to give me the Matt Nagy to Andy Dalton. You're the starter. Promise that you will be there on <laughs> Halloween, buddy. I'm I'm at like I'm still hanging around that 95. percent I got to you know I'm, I've floated around the office. Hey, I'm taking off Halloween. That's cool, right? You know so. And by the way, uh, Chris, that place is called Dyer's Burgers, and it is Damn in it. Memphis, Tennessee. Damn it, Dyer's, Dyer's Duff's. It's close. Close they enough. It's the really delicious. Twelve still serving burgers that they open with uh, in the grease that started back in nineteen twelve. That's so. Incredible. Like, why do they keep it, dude? Why do they keep the grease? Like, what the what's they, the point of Caesar, they, baby? They filter it out. I mean, it's it's not like it's like literally the same exact burger you're eating from 1912. It's all filtered and everything because it adds flavor, bro. It's just like a it's like a cast iron skillet that you've seasoned for you. Luke, you don't even cook, bro. You go to Chipotle every night, so fuck out of here, <laughs> dude. You live in the home of Chipotle. I don't want to fucking hear that. I actually had Chipotle tonight because they they sponsor my son's elementary school. So go Chipotle. You can sponsor the show too at Monsters Lounge. Hit us up, Chipotle. <laughs> we would love to. I'm, yeah, I'm just gonna start saving grease from everything I cook in just like a jar, and like, maybe like I'll give it to some like I'll give it to some kid and tell him like, "Hey, just save this for like another hundred years, and then pass it down to your kid." I gotta keep cooking, it. and you can just sell it. Yeah, shit it's like, not hey. like yeah. Tell him, Joe. It's, you can't cook in it once and just hold on to it for a hundred years. You got to keep no. you. All right. No, no, do, no, no. Do we have anything that we've left on the table as we've got, <laughs> gone off in some, some grease talk? It's the most disgusting thing I've ever heard. Dude. Oh, it's oh, so good. Give me some of that. It's so yeah. good. 
Hey, do you want do you want this grease that Abe Lincoln made? <laughs> In the answer is yes, I do. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And I don't think Abe Lincoln's only a hundred years ago, but that's okay. He's pretty old, man. Four score and seven years ago. Four year four score and a hundred years ago, I made some grease. <laughs> <laughs> Krugman, why don't you fire it up for that? Oh, oh, we'll, we'll be lucky I'm, if the I'm Bears are ready for this. Let's be real. <laughs> <laughs> the whole season. Oh, that's not true, guys. You know that the uh, Chicago Bears are going to light up all of the scoreboards this year, oh, and geez. we will be singing Bear Down, Chicago Bears. Make every play clear the way to victory. Bear down, Chicago Bears. Put up a fight with the might so fearlessly. We'll never forget the way you thrilled the nation with your T formation. Bear down, Chicago Bears, and let them know why you're wearing the crown. You're the pride and joy of Illinois, Chicago Bears. Bear down. That was the best one yet. By far. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.